recorded live. All right, all right, all right. Today is uh, Friday, July 1st, 2016. This is uh, me and uh, uh, the uh, young website uh, master, uh, uh, Sean, singer on the call here, a call. <laughs> and uh, we over here doing some more qualifying men. Uh, awesome. So um, my question to you is, um, how how are you doing since our last uh, session? Um, you know, what did you get out of that? Because I think you were like, whoa, I did some, a couple of whoa around that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, what are you present to? Uh, what were you thinking about? You know, what's going on? How are you doing? Um, I think just kind of for me it still goes back to just the understanding <laughs> Mm-hmm. And realizing that I had a lot of misunderstandings, just about understanding the, the character of a man. So me, like I was always saying, they're just like aha moments. So it's just kind of, I've just been using what I'm learning as far as helping me, like not necessarily with just, you know, people I just want to date. This is the relationships with men in general. So I feel like I speak their language now. Ah, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> Listen, you got no idea, man. Man wants men want to be able to speak with a woman without getting their ass whipped, and uh, and they still like her. She still likes them after they finish. You know what I mean? So yes. that's 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 critical. It's like, yeah, you that's just uh, yeah. It made me happy saying that alone. Oh, <laughs> you know, another thing I, I realized, you know, like I wasn't uh, thinking. I mean, I thought it, but I really wasn't. Um, thinking that much about it, like I didn't really want to admit it or say it, but I was watching this uh, this, this cable show with my friend last night, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's like these three women pull pranks on people all over the place. So um, um, one prank was that these women would go, was out in midtown Manhattan, Times Square, New York, and they were asking men to go into their purse and pull out different things for them because their fingernails were still wet from getting their nails done, and so they mm-hmm. wanted him to pull stuff out. So he pulled out some lip gloss and, then, you know, put it on her lips for her and pulled out some pills. And, like, they was, they was going as far as they could before they could drive the guy crazy because they were pranking him. But, mm-hmm. what I, but what I saw was how they were just being, in, in many ways, just like normal women where – can you help me? Please care of me. Help. No, I know that you can do better than me. Come on, help me, help me, help me, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about, you know, the um, the, the, the lazy versus um, um, committed or lazy versus, uh, I forget, it was warrior or whatever it was, right? Um, mm-hmm. A discipline, you know. No, it wasn't even discipline. It was a discipline versus undiscipline. I just was thinking about how, you know, um, I didn't re- remember I kept saying, I don't really want to use the word lazy. I hate that. It's just, just the word was that. Yeah. But, but uh, oh, relentless, you know, re- lazy versus relentless, right? But, like, that's how the lazy expresses itself. It was like, you know, like, as in take care of what you do for me, you know, all that stuff. It was just, like, crazy watching it last night. And it reminded me wow. of this stuff the same to you about like, that's how uh, – uh, they didn't see themselves as lazy. They saw themselves as pulling a prank, but they was using mm-hmm. practice that women used to be like helpless damsel in distress kind of thing, where a guy mm-hmm. would never be that. A guy would be too disciplined to go there. And I tell you how, I just, when you said what you said about understanding men like their way, um, yeah. that when you said it, it made you remind me of that show last night watching those women do that. They were doing some other crazy stuff, too. You know, one woman was <laughs> fighting in the middle of a uh, a room where people were, like, you know, uh, there to audition for a, for a play, and she was a big, fat black woman. She sold it passing gas loud, like, just farting behind her. And people were, like, embarrassed and, like, want to get out the room. So they were doing all kind of crazy pranks. But that particular prank I told you about, you know, reminded me a lot of this program, but I I forgot about it until you just said it. So, okay, uh, you know, one thing didn't have anything to do with the other. It's just you brought it up. I'm saying it now. I'm done. You know, <laughs> no so, way. Very good. So, but yeah, women will do that kind of help me. I'm helpless. You gotta help me. Please help me. You know, like that. 
Uh, guys, yeah. don't know, guys don't know how to do that, and they're not going to do that. So, um, so we got. Uh, well, if I rush through this, you'll still have it. We can always always talk about it. But um, we're probably going to end up doing two sessions. But I'll tell you what I got here right this minute. So, the first thing okay. is the first thing I want to do is I want to talk to you um, uh, about the ten phases of a relationship. Of, of romantic relationships, phases. So you got the stages, really. You go through these stages, and then um, mm-hmm. there's um, three phases, but you got to go through these ten stages. So each phase has either one, two, or three things in it, and I want to go through it with you. So um, we'll start off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'll say it quickly, and then I'll say it slowly. So the ten stages are. Meeting and greeting, you know, so I know that they last long. The next thing is infatuation. Oh my God, he's great. She's amazing. The third one is lust. Man, I got to do something about this. Fourth is sex. You did something about it. The fifth mm-hmm. is doubt. The fifth is doubt. We're like, oh man, now I'm, I don't know. You know, he he breathes. So what's wrong with him, right? Um, <laughs> it's true. And I'll tell you, I'll explain it more in detail later. Uh, number six, stage six is exclusivity. Well, we're in a relationship now, right? Yeah. And then uh, the seventh is um, creating common ground, which is really like putting your life together. Uh, eight mm-hmm. is bar- eight is burying your souls. Now you you know you really got to let yourself uh, uh, out there and um, reveal yourself. You don't have to, but you do. And then uh, nine is falling in love. And then ten. It's committing to marriage or, in other words, known as engagement. So those are the ten stages of a relationship. So I'm going to go through them slowly. Okay. So first is you got to meet somebody before you can do any of that other stuff. So hi, how you doing? You know, it could be standing online at, at a Starbucks. Y'all got Starbucks out there with France? Yeah, we do, actually. Okay. <laughs> actually, it's kind of just your style, you know, fancy Fancy stuff with, you know, great experiential uh, flavor to it. <laughs> or, you know, you're at, you're at work, some new person comes to work to work with you. Or, you know, you're you're on a public service bus or something, and, you know, you mind your business, and all of a sudden this guy grabs your heart. Or, you, know, he, you don't even notice him, and he also says, uh, hey, you got a bug on your coat. And you go, oh, hey, thank you. And next thing you know, you're looking at each other, right? So it's some kind of greeting, some kind of introduction of sports, right? Uh, you know, you're at a networking event, whatever. So, you know, it's funny. People don't recognize that, that we live in, in um, um, there's, a, there's a, um, an industry, a, a specific industry around relationships called the pickup artist community. In the pickup artist community, in the pickup artist community, there are, uh, this, is, this is an area where men learn how to pick up women. And um, the reason why they're able to pick up women is because they can predict how women are going to act for the most part, not specifically, but generally speaking. So mm-hmm. they learn the practices, the tactics, the things that women respond to, even though women think that, you know, they're unpredictable. And to some degree, women are, but at the same time, women are women. You know, it's not like women versus alligators versus butterflies. You know what I mean? It's like women are women, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, just like you're learning about men, you can see, Commonality in all men, and then you got individual unique men, but they're yeah. inside the commonality called man, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the same thing with women. So, so the reason why I brought that up is because there's a term that they use in the pickup artist community called target-rich environments. So mm-hmm. that's an environment where there's plenty of women for him, that kind of guy, but in reality. The urban areas are no can be considered target rich environments. So what happens is what happens in, in relationships, especially people people that want to be dating, is that they think they got to go to a particular place to meet somebody. Where should I go to meet somebody? How about outside your door? Just go outside your door. Mm-hmm. Just go to the park. Just go to the supermarket. There's men and women walking around there that are single. Thinking the same thing as you. I want to meet somebody. You said, we live in a target-rich environment. So anybody that says they can't find somebody is just beating themselves up mentally. 
because all they got to do is look somebody in the eye and smile, and somebody's going to say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how it's going to go. Did you hear about Brexit? Right. So then that's, that's a new topic you just find. You can start a conversation with safely and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that, right? Just, but you can't see. The thing is when you, when you start a conversation, it should not be, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so hot. It should be something about something you can laugh at or point out or at or, you know, complain about together, like, you know, promise share together or something where y'all can find some common ground about the environment around you. You know, hey, you see that lady? She got little babies. How'd she do that? He'd be like, oh, Lord, it sounds hard to me. And next thing you know, you're in a conversation. So that's how that goes. You're in a target-rich environment. You just got to know how to start conversations with anybody. Uh-huh. So that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the introduction. You can do your own introduction. You don't even know how. And as a woman, you know, I'm saying this to you because, you know, the fact that you can start a conversation, most men, 90% of the men are going to be okay with you starting a conversation, even if they're not attracted to you. They're not going to do you like women do men when a woman is not attracted to a man. <laughs> yeah. Right? When a woman's not attracted to a man, she's like, what are you talking to me for? You know? Got that look yeah. at Right? But we, we, when we're not interacting to a woman, we still give her props for even having the nerve to say something. <laughs> you can't do no wrong. You just may not, he may not be entering you, but, like, he ain't going to give you no all the time. You know what I mean? That's true. Right, because he knows he knows that um, your um, you know he knows what it's like to start a conversation and get beat up. So he ain't gonna do it to you. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, a woman talking to me? Get out of here! Oh, damn, I, I kind of like that she's talking to me. At least that's attention. You know, that's one of the things that they like attention, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so there's the initiations. At some point, every relationship starts off with it. Somebody saying hello to somebody. Okay. Yes, so, true. That, I mean, that's true. Yeah, it's just fact. You can't, you can't start a conversation. You can't start a relationship without starting with the first conversation. It's just, you don't go to the second conversation because that's because they ain't no. It's not possible, right? So, so that's that. Starts by being. I call it being introduced. But you introduce yourself. He introduces himself to you. Somebody introduces you all to each other. But there's some introduction, hello, how you doing at some point, right? That's so that's yeah. Right. So you just got to know how to start conversations. Start conversations is a piece of cake. If you forget how to do that, go to the playground, watch five-year-olds, four-year-olds, and seven-year-olds playing. They'll teach you how to start conversations. That's funny. They don't know how to not start a conversation. They see somebody, hi, can you help me? He's bothering me or something, right? <laughs> so, exactly. They don't hold back until they, until their parents or, or the adults around them scares them to death. But if you didn't that, that didn't happen, they'll never stop talking. They just won't. Next, you talk to somebody long enough, and you know you feel some kind of chemistry. You'll be you'll become mentally and emotionally infatuated with this person. True, that's true. You'd be like, mm. you know, a woman would be like, he's fascinating. He's interesting. I used to hear that term, and when I finally, when I realized what that term was, I was like, man, I need to hear that more often. <laughs> He's interesting, because now you're over there thinking, hmm, your brain is starting to overwork, but not too much yet, mm-hmm. about how to get me and what it would be like being with me, you know? So I like that her term, interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, but what you're really saying that's that's female speak for, I think I'm infatuated with this guy. <laughs> I'm mentally, mentally all in there with him, you know. And then um, what usually happens, kind of the same time, but it is separate, is lust. Like mm-hmm. your body starts turning on, you know. I don't know if you get liquefied down below or, you, you know. I remember one time I was talking to one woman, and she was talking to me, and she's like, you know, I couldn't help it with this guy. My nipples got hard. I'm like, I didn't know when nipples can get hard if they get strong by a guy. Why? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it would be different for different people. I mean, not me, but yeah. I'm not often in that situation, so maybe that's different. But that's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, she said that. I was like, 
never heard nobody say that before. This happened to us. She told me like in 2012, I think is when she told me this. I was like, that happens? That's possible? Get out of here. I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was happy for her, but I was amazed. Like, her nipples got hard? Get the fuck out of here. For, for a guy being in his presence? Whoa, that was strong stuff there. But, you know, whatever, whatever it does, whatever your body does, you ain't got no control over it. It does what it does, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you're feeling bodily infatuation and mental emotional infatuation at the same time that is different. It's the lust called, uh, you know, some version of I got to kiss him, touch him, I got to do him, you know, some version of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all already, y'all make your mind up before he decides to go for it anyhow. Y'all already like, yeah, I'm, I got to do this guy. Because you can feel his energy before, you know, he, he mm-hmm. even knows that you're interested. So you just hope he don't mess it up. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. In, in, in this area, I learned this term. I'd rather stand still, shut up, and make you think, and let you think that I'm stupid, than open my mouth and then prove it. Hmm. <laughs> right? So, you know, a woman likes a guy. She's, she's, she's liking him, and she's just hoping he don't do something to mess it up. And uh, usually those are the two things going on, lust and infatuation. But okay. but they're separate stages. But they're early. It's early on. And then and then the fourth stage is sex. You you take it you take you uh you, you fully explore your infatuation and your lust and it turns into sex. And those first four those first four stages are the completion of the first phase, which is the attraction phase. I just put a name on it. I just did that. So you got introduction, infatuation, lust, sex. And, you know, that can all happen in the same day, right? <laughs> I know it, it happens can to me. Say it again. It can or cannot happen in the same oh, day. Oh, it absolutely can. Yes, it can. I've, I've had it happen to me plenty of times over the years. <laughs> That's all I know. You know, all that happened at the same time. Hi. Uh, same day. The quickest it's ever happened for me was uh took about uh almost an hour. From the time I met somebody to the time I was having sex, it took almost an hour. That the quickest it's ever happened to me. Yeah. That is very, very, very quick. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh I never forget, I was at this uh club called the Club Zanzibar, which is uh which was a historic um disco club in Newark, New Jersey. Okay. I walked in there, I had jeans and a, and a vest on, a denim, a denim outfit with no shirt, cowboy hat, cowboy boots, it's early 80s. I went in this club, I'm walking around with flat stomach, no shirt on, and uh, this white chick was checking me out. We started talking, we went outside, next thing you know, I'm in her car doing her, went back inside, I don't even know where she went, never saw her yet. I didn't see her, it was the, I was with her less than an hour. And we was having sex in the back of her car. Uh, that was crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's not, and that's not the first time. I'm just telling you. Matter of fact, I think, matter of fact, that's the second quickest time. I think the first quickest time I ever had sex with somebody was, um, <laughs> I'm just reminiscing about laughing because it's so ridiculous. I, I had no idea how crazy what I was doing was, right? So um, I had just sent somebody home an hour earlier. Uh mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so I lived in Harlem in, in a basement apartment, and my best friend, we used to go mess around with, we'll play basketball and mess around with women together. And he was like my mentor. He's like 12 years older than me. So um, he comes knocking on my window one day. Yo, Tone, open up. Open up the door. He got two women. He takes one of them. He takes them into my bedroom in the back. He starts having sex with her. The one he brought that left me, so we ended up having sex like within 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> So I picked up. I, I, I can I can actually say I picked up a woman in my sleep, you know, literally. So is it crazy? Yeah, yeah. That's part of what makes me able to do this, what I'm doing because I, I, you know, I have that experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyhow, thank you. So that's the that's that's the first phase of the ten stages of romantic relationships. Now, stage number five. This is the one that mostly kills people. The next. Let me see. The next two, the next three out of the last of the next six is the problem. Three of the next uh, six is the problem. So the first biggest problem is stage number five. After sex, 
after the you know you you get used to each other, the next thing that happens is doubt. People be like, mm, he did that thing wrong. That didn't work. Or she's he's complaining all the time. Or all of a sudden, after you have sex, you had the lust and the infatuation. The pendulum that swung all the way to the right, and all of a sudden, the pendulum swings all the way to the opposite side. So, after you've had all this all this greatness, you start noticing what's not working about this person because it's natural. Because now that you're, you've, you know, it's like oxygen. You breathe in, you breathe out, you breathe in, breathe out. You know, you see good, you see bad, you see up, you see down, like that, right? So what's happening is after you um, go through the sex thing, you start looking at this person for real. You're no longer blinded by the sex. You're happy about it, but you're not blinded by it anymore, at least um, after about a couple of months. You know, the honeymoon phase is over. When the honeymoon phase is over, you start looking at each other with, like, what's wrong with this person? That's about you. Here's the thing. It's organic. It's natural. It's supposed to be that way. What's, what, ha- what happens though is people make it wrong and they have, they have reactions to it because they don't know that's what's coming. So what happens is you have to uh, know how to... Um, you have to know how to be okay with how people are and how people are not. Mm. Because nobody's perfect. You start noticing all the non-perfect stuff about him, and he starts noticing all the non-perfect stuff about you. First you were perfect. Now you see the other side. Yeah, that's true. Right? So what usually what happens is people do one of two things. They either try to bury the doubt and want to hurry up and Go to the next stage, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Or okay. they say, or they say, problem with this person, I gotta leave. And then they commitment forms, and, and they never really commit. As soon as they see the first or second problem, they bail. The next thing you know, they're alone again. Hmm. Okay. So, but what they don't understand is, you gotta look at what works and what doesn't work about the person if you're gonna love a person, because you gotta love all of them, not just part of them. Yeah, that's true. But it's difficult, but yes, yeah, too. Well, it's only difficult if you don't understand what you want and need in a relationship. So if you don't know what you want and need in a relationship and in a partner, which is really two separate things, then uh, we'll we'll talk about that in the next program. Um, Then you um, will get worried, particularly a woman, will get worried about um, safety and security needs, you know, what's the problem? Because they all focus on problems more so than we do by a lot. You know, and it's, not, it's understandable because you can see the problem because that's what you're focusing on because that's how you stay alive. <laughs> you know, what they maintaining your safety and security by telling us to keep you safe and secure. Over there, there's a problem. I got it, hun. And that's it, right? So, <laughs> um, so people have doubts. Because they think if you're like this, well, well uh, uh, and everybody's got everybody's got you know stuff that don't work about them. The question is, can you work with the stuff that don't work about the, your partner? Because it's not are they perfect. It's more like are they perfect for you? Mm-hmm. So what there is is at that point the thing to do is to ask yourself if this person didn't change, didn't grow at all. And he stayed like this. Could I be happy with them in 10 or 20 years? If the answer is yes, you let them have their, their stuff. Some folks are not morning people, right? You know, they wake, wake up in the morning, he's like, ah, damn, okay, let me, let me let him get his coffee first while I start talking to him, right? And you can put that kind of stuff away if it's not that big a deal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in every, every relationship, there's always somebody doing something that the other one don't like, but they put up with because... You know, they love them anyhow so much that they do so many other great things. But until you until you actually see that, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that. Um, so you got to, that's the hardest part is getting over, getting over the, um, what do you call it, getting over the doubt stage. That's the single, yeah. that's the single biggest problem there. Uh, hold on. 
Everybody seems so perfect in the beginning, but then you see the right. truth. And then we're shocked. Like, it's not possible for you to not be a problem. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like, it's not, it's, it's not possible for you to have a problem, uh, them have a problem. If they got a problem, well, it's good for you even worse. No, no, no. The question is, what kind of problem, what kind of problems do they have, you know? Ha- hang on a second. My neighbor is probably trying to want to get in here. Hold on a second. Oh, sure. Uh, stuff. Uh, I can't do that. Uh, I just have to go and open the door for him. All right, hold on a second. Uh, I can talk to you while I'm doing what I'm doing here. Um, okay. So, so anyhow, um, so that's the doubt stage. You, you, you got to learn how to navigate that, and I don't have a problem with you in the relationship when you get to the doubt stage to call me so that you could, I can support you get through the doubt stage. <laughs> that's the one stage, man. That's a problem, 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 problem. So, anyhow, um, let me see here. So the next stage after that is what, the other people, what people do in the opposite direction, which is let's just say we're in a relationship. Let's just be in a relationship. So they call that exclusivity. We're exclusive. We may not really be fully in a relationship, but it's just going to be me and you. They become exclusive. So that's the next stage. And people hurry up to get into the exclusive stage, women more than men, because women are like, where is this relationship going? And what they're really saying is we need to be exclusive. I need to own you is what she's really kind of saying. <laughs> well, I think, I think that too because, like, it's like most people or it seems like women aren't allowed to date or, like, a man can like, well, no, we're, you know, we're not exclusive. I have four or five of you, but if women, one would do the same thing. So, like, so many men couldn't accept that. So mm. I think the reason women rush into exclusive, to being exclusive is because the man always usually wants that without saying it, but he wants the woman to be exclusive, but not him. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's an interesting way to look at that, because usually the woman brings it up because the guy just happened to be there, and he don't even think about where, where the, men don't think about relationships and stages. Hmm. We don't think about uh, we should take this to the next stage. We we don't we just we just with you, you know. And even when if a guy says, "Hey, let's get married." He's thinking, let's get married and live together for the rest of our life. Not let's take it to the next stage. We don't, we don't, have, we don't use the word stages in our, in our, you know, we don't, we don't think from there. Okay. I, I never heard a guy saying, "I want to take my relationship to the next level." <laughs> I, I don't hear that. I mean, I'm not saying it's never said. I'm just saying that that's not typical for guy. Guys like, I love her so much, I need to tell her. I want more of her. Which is different from next stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want more of you. Is I want to get closer to you. I want to, you know, be more. Um, I want to be closer to you, and I want to experience you at a deeper level. That's not the same thing as what stage is this relationship going? Where are we at with this relationship? It's not the relationship. Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, this is beautiful. He's not thinking about the relationship. He's thinking about you. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking, where's this relationship going? He's thinking, how can I get closer to you? He ain't thinking about the relationship at all. Relationship. He can't tell the difference between you and the relationship. He don't care what you call it. I remember uh, <laughs> my last girlfriend... Um, I remember uh, I told you a little bit about it before. She's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to say we're in a committed relationship. I say, well, we're definitely in a relationship, so you, you can call it spaghetti. Let's call it we're in a spaghetti. So that's what I used to say. <laughs> we're in a spaghetti. That's funny. <laughs> I don't care. If you, you can call it whatever you want, but I know how we're acting is we're operating like we're in a relationship. So you can say what you want. Yeah. As a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, you know, we were in a spaghetti for like 16 months. <laughs> no, oh, wow. we was in the spaghetti for about ten months. Sixteen. <laughs> if you want to say we take this to the next stage, all right, fine. We was doing everything else I wanted to do anyhow. So what difference does it make? You know, call it what you want. Fine. That's why I mean, like, I just want to be with her. You can call it whatever you want. We don't want to call it a certain thing. I don't know why that is. I never thought of it until just now. 
That's yeah, good. I think the way, the reason why we want to call it a certain thing is because we need, like, that security. Because yes. until we know what it is, it feels like it's limbo to us. It's like we're here because we also have that fear of giving up pearls to swine. It's like getting, you know, investing in the wrong deal because it's like, you know, we did this, that. Even, the, you know, where you see a lot of the women having children for the men, and then it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're not, well, it's not like you're my wife. Or it's like, we're not together anyway, you know, because it can come back to sound to you that way. So I think that's why so many of us rush, like, well, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, hey, I, you know, <laughs> me saying anything about it one way or the other is not going to change it. It's just how you deal with it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even want to change it. I mean, it is what it is, right? So, but um, but I'm just thinking that, you know, men don't call it that. Men just like, I want to be with you. I don't care what you call it. So, but, uh, but yeah, the next stage is exclusivity. And if a woman, you know, feels that this guy is great and, you know, she may have her doubts, but she still knows that he could make her feel safe and secure because her qualification skill set was limited, but she got, you know, the basic basic qualifiers. You know, he's strong, he's got resources, Mm -hmm. he's he's a good communicator, she's got those things, his chemistry, then she's going to want to keep him even if he's a jerk, a dog, and an abuser because he's got those other things. I'll smooth those rough edges out or whatever. And so she'll Mm -hmm. she'll ignore the negative signs about him and say, okay, let's just be in a relationship. Let's declare we're exclusive. She won't say exclusive. Exclusive is a, a relationship is a, you know, a double speak for let's uh, be exclusive. Let's be exclusive. It's not like you're married yet. It's like, let's be exclusive. That's really what she's saying, you know. Um, I own you now. We own each other. Well, I own you, anyhow. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um, here's the thing. If you don't complete the, um, the the doubt stage, it never goes away. People are going to have the doubt stage in their relationship for 10 years, 20 years, because they never got past the doubt. They never completed the doubt. And what I mean by complete is this. You know, you um, when you when somebody passes away in, in your life, you go to the funeral, you're sad, you're like, oh, this messes up, it bothers you, it's all over your head all the time. Mm-hmm. And you go to the funeral, and even though you're just going to be sad maybe for years, you are complete, like the, the book on that life closed. You're trying to write a new book, read a new book. It's not like keep. It's not like you keep opening up. So a person, a person breaks up with somebody and they're still daydreaming about them and fantasizing, they're finished but not complete. The difference between finish and complete is that you finish reading a book you're not going to read anymore, but you did not read the last sentence, and you did not get the whole thing, and you did not put the book aside. All right? The book still lives in you, but you're no longer living from the book, or you're no longer, like, being led by the book, or, you know what I mean? Like, you're finished, but you're complete. Like, there's nothing else to do about it. Next stage. And so people don't complete the doubt stage honor it, a, a, a wedding is completing, you know, the beginning of a marriage, a funeral is completing somebody's life, you know, they, they die and, and everything, but now everybody gets a chance to, like, put an end to that book, close the book, a chapter, the last chapter, last page, close the book, yeah, you still remember that person, but you're not operating like they still exist, Yeah. like you accept that this is how it's gone and you're on to the next thing. It doesn't mean you forget about them or you ignore them, you don't miss them, but you don't operate like it's still possible or like like they're still here or like you're complete. It's done. Over. You're you're emotionally and intellectually complete as well as present to the reality that they're no longer here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, you got to do that with jobs and everything. So what happens is people walk through life finishing stuff but not actually getting complete about stuff. So they're still living as if stuff is still happening, but it's not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and so, um, um, you know, one of the problems with, with I'll say, with, you know, race with race relations with, with, with white supremacy, really, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, black folks can't be complete with it because, the things that has racism 
be in place is systemic, and black folks really don't are not in a position in America at least to do anything about it in most places in the world really they're not in a position to counterbalance this stuff, and then the white folks they're like they're not complete either, but they're burying and acting like oh come on, let's just go to the next day yeah, you know what I mean yeah, like, there's no, mm-hmm. like there's no completion there's no like okay, that's the end. What are we going to do now? But really, you know, I mean, there's no apology. There's no, you know. The problem is it never stops. So. <laughs> right, exactly. They never acknowledge You have to acknowledge it first. That's the first thing. And then you got to start putting things in place that will resolve it. That's the next thing. And then you actually got to do something about it. And I want to get word about it. You know what I mean? So, anyhow. That's what needs to happen in most relationships, and most relationships, people don't do that. They never get past the doubt stage. But at a certain point, you get past the doubt stage. And even if you go into exclusivity, there's still ways to go, places to go. So when you're exclusive, what happens is you start blending your lives together. So, you know, how do, how do can he fit, is he willing to fit himself into my life? And am I, am I able to fit into his life? So you start, like, fitting your lives together when you're exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, we we covered that part. You know, you want to make sure you're with somebody who's willing and able to do that. And then the next thing, mm-hmm. once you do that and it starts getting good and, like, you feel comfortable, you start becoming extremely vulnerable. I call it bearing souls. You start really seeing, like, what's inside the heart of the person with you and vice versa. You start connecting that way. You start really seeing um, their vulnerabilities you know, I remember one time when I was with my high school sweetheart, we went to uh, uh, this town in the south of New Jersey. And uh, I think I told you this before. We we was living in this place, and the guy got us the apartment, and he started, he drove her around and hitting on her. She felt bad and when she came back home, and, you know, she told me. She, she really had a hard time telling me. She really didn't want to tell me. And I was holding her and arguing her while she was telling me, and it was like, like she was crying because she felt bad. And at the same time, I was like, you didn't have to feel like that because, you know, it was him. It wasn't you. It was your truth. It was him. It was her. She didn't know that. And, um, you know, I was hugging her. I made her feel great. But she she exposed herself so much. I mean, I know I've done that sometimes. I'm sure she probably could. She probably could remember some stuff I can't remember about my own stuff with her. But, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was such a vulnerable moment. Like her bearing her soul about everything she felt about how that went down and how she felt about herself and all of that. That was that was that was a episode moment for us, you know. Like that's the kind of thing that happens with people. Um, hmm. You know, people like expose themselves, you know, in ways that listen. If you don't like this about me, you might as well leave because this is who I am and this is what's going on for me. You know, kind of like that. Bearing souls and so. But people who've been together for a long time, they've they've buried their so many souls so many times they've, you know, exposed themselves completely vulnerably that, you know, they become irresistible to each other. It's almost like, you know, adult want with a baby except for you got two babies being together, you know, it's kind of, it becomes kinda of like that. Because it's like nothing in the way. And then once a person once they bear souls now, it's possible to really fall in love with this person. And there's no time limit on when these things can happen. But these are the stages that you go through, and you can do multi- you can do those stages multiple times. Um, um, yeah. So once you go through doubt, then you go through exclusivity, then you go to creating common ground and bearing souls, and then that's the that's the stage that's phase two of the ten stages. And um, because once once you see what's worst of them, you see what's the best of them. You realize that you can create, you know, your lives together, and you know you're willing to expose yourselves to each other. Now you can actually really love each other for real, and the reason is because you've seen the best of them, and you've seen the worst of them, and you still love them. If you can't accept somebody fully, it's hard to say you can love them fully. I don't know if it's even really feasible. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you got to be able to notice those turns, those those stages. And I'm telling you this, but I'm telling you that if you meet us, if you meet one man in your life that hasn't went through this kind of training, that understands this, consider yourself 
gifted because that ain't going to happen. Yeah. Like, act like it ain't going to happen, and you need to manage those spaces. And he may be capable of handling those stage stages, like going through those stages, but it ain't going to be like he, um, uh, how can I say? It ain't going to be like he's naturally going to go um, and, and do them unless mm-hmm. he's emotionally mature and he's committed to you and you're the one for him. Then he'll go through these stages just the way I'm just describing it in his own way, not knowing that's how he's going. But now, paying attention to these stages, by the way, stage number 10 after falling in love is engagement, committing to marriage. Okay. Right. You got to go through all stages for a man, for sure, for a man, to say, you know what, I want you for the rest of my life. A woman may not, I mean, she may be able to put up with the doubt stage for the rest of her life, but I don't know about the rest of it. Um, a doubt, you know, both men and women could bury the doubt stage and still decide to get married, but mm-hmm. but they gotta they gotta get through the rest of that stuff for real. Exactly. So you got the alarm going off there. Sorry, yeah, my tablet's off. Hang on, first I know. I'm recording. So, anyhow, um, mm-hmm. so you wanna you wanna know this because you wanna know where you are in the relationship stages mm-hmm. with the guy, and you wanna be able to see how he acts in each one of those stages. <laughs> yeah, that's important because you know sometimes. When you're, cause a lot of people who get hurt, they yes. close themselves off to love in the name of protection. But what I found is that, you know, I personally have not been successful living like that. I'm just someone that I just have to be me and true to myself. And um, a lot of people like to close themselves off when it comes to um, relationships after being hurt. So if they ever find themselves in a, you know, starting a relationship again, they almost kind of put up this. Like kind of like another person, like that's not the real you. That we extra sweet, extra nice, just to kind of think well, it's gonna work, or whatever. But take time to see that real, genuine person. So I think to be even further to that point, hey, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. You have to see people in different lights because sometimes, even without knowing it, I think people can behave in genuinely. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so I think that you know. Those kind of things just take so much time, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, so you need to wait more in the relationship game, what stage of the relationship game you're at, so that you can see how he's operating in those stages. Because he could be okay in the early stages, and then later on he get a little shaky. Or he could get a little shaky in the first phase, but then he gets stronger as it goes along. Or whatever, you know what I mean? So those are the ten stages of uh, romantic relationships, and um, and then uh, the last thing we're going to go through is I'm going to um, give you something that I'm not going to be putting into my book, or I'm not going to uh, how do I say uh, I'm not going to I don't normally give to women in this, but I want to give it to you. So um, oh, thank you. Yes. So um, we're looking at. Uh, Standards, and uh, I have so so. There's uh, six standards for men in relationship. Like they have to operate in these standards. There's six standards that women have to operate, which is separate from men. And then there is what I refer to as the ten commandments of relationship, which is standards for both people to operate inside of. So I'm going to tell you. I have enough time to tell you. You know, because you want to get off for, uh, at the hour, right? On the hour. Yeah, I do have um, just the hour, but. That's fine. Yeah, so I'm just going to go through real quickly the standards, the six standards from men. And I will tell you that I got them from the Sterling Men's Weekend, uh, which is a program I did in 2004. And uh, any man, <clears throat> any man that I've done, uh, you know, know have done it. Um, they live, they do their best to live by these standards. And mature men usually do, but mostly, most men don't. So you might need to help. Hey man, do this. But if you meet a man and knows how to do these things, I'm telling you, you've gone along. You're really close to being with the guy you need to be with. You know what I mean? So let me tell you what 
let me tell you what these six standards are that they don't tell other women. So the first one is a man must not engage in arguments. He can't win an argument because even if he wins an argument, all it's going to do is make her more upset to win the, the next argument. So men should not engage in arguments. Y'all use more words. Y'all get more upset. And it looks like we don't know how to control ourselves. Anyhow, it almost comes off as being babyish or whatever when we argue. So we just should not argue. We should tell you how we feel mm. and it should grow. Because us arguing with y'all does not work. It doesn't help. That's interesting. Yeah, you can argue with us, but we can't argue with you. We got to let you do your own thing. <laughs> we, just, we just do. You know, y'all have more facility around emotions. You're all thinking three steps ahead anyhow because you're mostly thinking about how can I get somebody to do something for me or how can I maneuver them and that's it. I take this type of action. Y'all are usually trying to move people around with their thinking. We just want to say what there is for saying and shut up, and that's the end of it. You know? So <laughs> men do not engage in arguments with their woman. It just doesn't help. Arguing does not help men in relationships with a woman. It does not. Next, you've got to maintain his standards, meaning these two things that we're talking about, he can't break up. And whatever his standards are, you know, like uh, I'm never going to work for somebody. You've got to maintain it. And here's the reason why. A man, when he has standards, he knows what his standards are, he can't, main, he can't break it for any reason because his breaking it is like him selling himself out. So even if you don't like it, you will like that he's a man of his word. So when a man has standards and he does not break his standards, he's actually protecting the relationship. Because, because he's not going to let any circumstance get in the way of his word, which if it gets in the way of his word, it breaks the relationship, okay. even if it's just a little. So And then y'all like a man who's so strong that you can't bend him. You won't say, oh, you're so strong, I can't bend you. But you'll be thinking that to true. yourself, right? Very true, yeah, because the other way, when it's anything else, it just seems it's like a girl. He has to maintain his standards. And usually he's only got two or three or four, not much. And other than his standards, you can do anything else you want. <laughs> But but the three or four lines he got in the sand, nobody's crossing him. You, him, nobody. That's how it's going down. And he, and he can't. To, and, and, and like I said, the reason is to take care of the relationship and take care of you by letting him show you how committed he is to you, how committed he is to himself, how committed he is to his standards. And he can't break his word around you no matter how, emotion, how much emotional you get. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm holding my standards yeah. like that. And then after you finish, you're like, damn, he's strong. I can trust him. And next thing you know, you have sex, you know what I mean? So like that. So uh, so that's it. The third thing is he has to protect his domain, meaning the house belongs to the woman. We inside, we got to do things your way. You got the house the way you want it, you know, but we usually have a space. Some space, somewhere. That's just ours. I mean, when I was, I got, I did this men's weekend, and when I was uh, my second marriage, and I discovered my space uh, was uh, my side of the bed, and then everything from my side of the bed to the wall, to the window, which was really nothing. And then I had a closet. I had, I had a part of a closet, and that was all the space I had in the three-bedroom house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everything else was under her control. Like I had moved from North Carolina to move into her place because I wanted to, you know, be with her. You know, we got married, but we was, you know, a long-distance uh, marriage. I'm like, well, I ain't trying to do no long-distance marriage. Get out of here. And then I, when I moved yeah. up, right, I moved up. I came up for Christmas. I was like, she is the sloppiest pig I know, damn. And then she was, oh. making, she was making me wrong for trying to help her clean up. And uh, so from that point forward, the only place that I could be at where I had control over it was, like I said, my side of the bed. We had a queen side bed. So my side of the bed and from the bed to the window, which was about, I don't know, four feet. <laughs> and, and, and part of the closet on that side of the room. And that was it. Everything else, 
was it off limits? Completely out of control. Like, damn. But that was my man K. My man K was about, I don't know, 12 square feet. <laughs> 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 okay, so it was probably like 20 square feet, but come on, that was nothing, you know. But I did not know that. I know now. So then, um, yeah, so man got to protect his domain. Whatever else happens, listen, this is my stuff. Leave my stuff alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the stuff is hers, so fine. You know? uh, so if a man doesn't have any places to, to go be by himself or, or have things mm-hmm. be the way he wants it to be, it takes away from his power, from his individuality, from his emotional stability. He's got to have his own space somewhere in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, usually it's in the bathroom. Usually it's in the basement. You know, what <laughs> somebody's office or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, if you ever remember watching the Cosby Show, he had the basement, right? Oh yeah, that's true. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Claire didn't do nothing with that space. Uh, okay, fine. It's your space. Kids didn't even like going down there, but that was Dad's space. He didn't care. That's how he liked it. <laughs> Everything else, he surrendered everything else. I'm down here, this is my space. And, you know, Claire was used to do laundry, but other than that, she would, would come in and go out. That was it. He'd sit there and listen to the <laughs> records, right? And, you know, he had this stuff all over the place, looking all sloppy, he didn't care, right? But it was his space. Leave my space alone. He protected his domain. <laughs> and then, right, and then uh, the fourth standard for man is to, um, Commit random acts, random acts of kindness. Ah. Yeah, random. Can't be consistent, because then you you come you become expecting it, and you include it in your standards for him. So he's got to occasionally do some stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Bring you a flower, massage you, something, take you on a trip, whatever. Oh. Is that stuff ever get old? No. Spontaneous, uh, uh, commit, uh, no, 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 uh, commit random acts of kindness never gets old. Because it's random. <laughs> How can it be old? How can it never get old? You don't know what's coming until they happen. You know, it could be weekly, monthly, but it won't be weekly anyhow. It'd probably be like, you know, monthly, quarterly, whatever, but, you know, as long as he shocks you once in a while, it lasts a long time. What? I said, once in a while? I said, as long as he shocks you with some kind oh, of... shock. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. As long as he shocks you with some emotional some emotional um, experience, uh, that works. He can't do it random. Otherwise, it takes away from the act. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the next, uh, the number five is, uh, the term that they use in the men's weekend is to give a good fuck, which means... Uh, you need to make sure she's got orgasm, bro. <laughs> she need to she need to have her um, uh, her, her uh, bonding hormone kicked up for the next two or three weeks, bro. So you need to you need to, uh, to make sure she's having orgasm, man. If she's having orgasm, she's gonna be very happy for you, happy with you, and very patient with you. Like twenty twenty five times more patient than if she ain't getting no orgasms. You know? So she'd be like thinking about, yeah, wow, this sex was good. Too. Oh my god. Right. Or she'll be feeling his skin. You'll be feeling his skin on your skin. You know. Uh, in those moments, it'd be kind of hard to get pissed off at him. Not not impossible, but harder. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he needs to figure out the whole lives. Because how sex is when people are married versus how sex is before they get married is different. And when 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 sex is happening before you get married, usually a woman's trying to make him happy. It's almost like the sex is for him more than it is for her. And when, it, when the marriage, when you get married, now the sex is really more for her than it is for him. Like, you got to turn me on, bro, because I'm too busy otherwise. You know what I mean? You got to make me so happy that I want it. Otherwise, I got work to do. That's how y'all be. Before, it's like, if I don't give him sex, you know, I must not want to have sex, but if I, don't, if I turn him down, he may not want to be around me. But now you know you ain't going nowhere. Y'all got a whole different, a whole different attitude. Matter of fact, y'all act two different ways. One way when you need him for something, and one way when you don't need him for something. Y'all need him for something. Y'all treat him like he's a weakling. When you when you do need him for something, he's your hero. That's generally how women act. 
And then um, the last, which may be the most important thing, is he can he never he can never need her for anything. Now it doesn't mean he doesn't want her, doesn't partner with her, doesn't allow her, but he can't need her for nothing. Anywhere he needs her, is where she's gonna be feeling unsafe and insecure. So he's got to be the strength, the source of, of you know what what there is, stability, protection, resources, strength. Like that, you know what I mean? He's he's got to be that because she can't handle herself being that for him. That don't work, you know. And so, you know, the men that know this and that live this are quality men. I don't tell people this, but this is a. Uh, <laughs> I've learned to live like this from 2004, and uh, mm. I know how important this is. I always knew to give a good fuck because that was part of how what made me such a good player. <laughs> okay. I needed to keep them around, you know. So like, they ain't having no orgasm, you know. I've been listening to sometimes. Uh, I've been listening to women sometimes talk about the guys that they used to be with. They, they didn't know how to do this. I'd be like, oh, make a note of that. I should do that. Oh, no, I shouldn't do this. So I've been listening to the women. I'd be surprised how many women would not have orgasms with the guys they was messing with. I'm like, yeah, I'll be sorry. Because <laughs> I do all the self perception for no other reason. So, <laughs> so anyhow, so that's that. Um, yeah, I'll send you this list. Um, I'll send you the other stuff. Actually, last, when I talked about uh, Wednesday, which was about um, – uh, you know, the things that men need, the things that women bring to men. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I need to finish writing it out like the way I'm going to have it in my book. That's why I haven't sent it to you yet. I'll probably end up sending it to you in the middle of next week or the end of next week because I need to finish writing it out the way I would have it in the book so you have it that clear. Um, okay, so it'll be pretty much like an ex- it'll be the technically an excerpt of the book. If you do it like that, it'll be exactly what would be in the book. So, so say that again. Would it be kind of like since you say you're going to write it the way you're going to write it yes. in the book, it'll be kind of like an excerpt. Yes, yes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. have to be better. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because otherwise you just get a checklist and you got to try to remember what your checklist is about. And when I finish the manuscript, I'm going to send it to you anyhow. And, um, you know, I'm inviting you to add to write it. And then, you know, any pieces you want to talk about, that would be great because you probably just make me expand on that area or even come up with a new section or something. I don't know. But I, I, this is going to be my first book. I already, I'm, I already created like 90 pages of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I just it keep expanding. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got about, I got about 30, 40 pages about, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, and when women read it and they would go back to it, they're going to tell their girlfriends, and this book won't get around. It just will. So. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. All right. So I know you got to, you know, go handle your business. That's so, awesome. uh, well, yeah, that's why I didn't get a chance to tell you. Actually, um, there was an emergency where um, I had to come and watch my friend's children. Yeah. They had to leave the country. And so I came, what was it, last last night? We got here to Paris. Randomly, so I'll be going back and forth Tuesdays and Saturdays. So these next two weeks until the 16th are a little crazy for me, actually. Okay, all right, I got you. So I don't know if, if putting things off until that. What is the hold on? It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 17, 18, 19. So July 20th would be too much or something of that nature. But I'm I just going like training twice a week in and out of Paris. So. They had an emergency. They had to go to the states. No one was able to watch their children. So. Okay. All right. So uh, you you let me know when you want to. We only got one. Okay. We only got one more session for uh, for this program, and then we'll start the next one the next time. No. So. Okay, we can do that. If we can, let me think. Let me think. What day? No, Tuesdays are horrible. Tuesdays are very bad. We can do Wednesday for this, just so we can have this last session. Then the other session start after the twentieth. Yeah. So, so can we do, uh, you know, the, the, the 9 a.m. Eastern time for me on a... I'm sorry, repeat that one? You know what, Wednesday, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't care. Wednesday, yeah, good, Wednesday, I don't
Okay, perfect then. So I'll be I'll be then we'll be back in touch on Wednesday at night. Awesome. Okay. Great. Okay, I appreciate it. Take good care and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Awesome. You do the same. Talk to you later. All right, thanks so much. Good night. Good night.